Well, hello, and welcome to New Mommy at 40 podcast, where we hold space for those entering or currently in parenthood at an seasoned stage of life, their 40s. I'm your host, Victoria. Whether you're new here or visiting us again, thank you for stopping by. Come on in, put up your feet and enjoy being in the company of someone who gets you and the amazing and exhausting journey you've taken on. While you wait for our guest today, click on that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a future episode right now. Oh, and follow us at New Mommy at 40 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. All right, here we go. It didn't happen in my 20s. Who cares? Now I've got all this fancy wisdom to share. Hey, I've got this baby. You're getting the best of me because I'm a new mommy at 40. Not on the wall. Today we're speaking to a friend and former colleague of mine, Tangie Garcia, who candidly shares her IVF journey to her beautiful baby girl and also finding her way out of postpartum depression. I'm calling this episode Thriving Through Motherhood When the Rainbow Ain't Enough. I'm so excited to introduce the guest we have today, our co-host, if you will. I have admired her for a long time. If you watch this video, you'll see someone laughing at me, but that's okay. Um, I admire her, and I don't think I've ever told her this before. Besides being refreshingly honest, she's probably one of the most authentic people that I know. Like, um, so I really appreciate her being with us today. Her name is Tangi Garcia. And uh, do you like that? I rolled the R just for you. <laughs> and then I did it. <laughs> and then you flipped your hair right on cue. Tangi Garcia. Hi, Tangi. Hi. I'm it, so excited that you're doing this. Me too. I um, You're one of the first people I even thought of when I thought about having a podcast, as you know, because I, I wanted you to do it with me. So maybe we'll have like a audience vote. Later on, when they're like, bring Tangie back, bring Tangie back, <laughs> I'm going to start a whole, or... <laughs> a whole campaign. Uh, but I know they're going to love you uh, by the end of this uh, episode. But uh, we've known each other a long time now. Yes. Cause we... I can't say when, but I know it's been a little, it's studio since I lived in my studio. Right. Because Tangie <laughs> and I um, work together at uh, an airline. She's still presently there. Um, I'm no longer working there, but it's been at least 13 years or so. Yeah, Um, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Around that time. So I know a lot about you in terms of um, as a friend, but I there I have to admit that there are things I don't know in terms of like your family life. Like I know you were raised in California, right? Yes. Yes, I was. And I've been in New York now since, since 2008. So long enough to lose all my patience <laughs> <laughs> long enough to, to walk faster yeah. than everyone else yeah new yeah. york will do that to people it does. i like <laughs> it though i like it you still have a very west coast relaxed vibe though oh until i get mad okay yes all right well yeah or tell us that's until or get into a story right yes yeah, that's i save it i save it you for do. that but that's appropriate that's good <laughs> were you in a in a family that was you know their parent your parents were together for a long time and um, still married or was it a two parent like household no. or separate no no I'm on stepdad number four. Oh, <laughs> so, okay 
All right, mom. But, but, yeah. Stepdad number four has been around since I was 15, okay. I think. So, sorry to him for <laughs> for the 15 year old, well, for the whole high school me. Oh, that's hard. That's hard for anyone coming into a relationship. Yeah. And, um, trying to get to know a kid oh. at that age, too. Mm-hmm. And cultural difference. And cultural difference. Where Super is he from? Cultural difference. Iran. Okay. So he's Persian. So he just came to this 15 year old black and Filipino person. Right. <laughs> and I was not having any of it. But but you're well, good he, now. He's good. Yeah. Shout out to stepdad I'm number four. Adult. I'm an adult. You're an adult yeah. now. Shout out to stepdad number four. But how yeah. did that family life, how did your that dynamic, because they've been together the longest, how did, did that influence you in terms of what you were looking for in terms of a partner or how you felt about marriage, kids, or anything like that? Not, no. It just was, dating-wise, maybe, because it's for, you know, where I was like, you're like a, a serial monogamous or you know mm-hmm. and uh it's just like i i wasn't with people like that long until like you know my adult years but you don't really notice that something is influencing you until like way after the fact yeah you know like you don't like i didn't have that um you know oh i want someone you know like my dad and stuff because that, that too i didn't talk to my my actual dad from i think the time i was about six or seven until until what your my wedding 30s oh, your 30s. my 30s oh wow yeah the, uh, i think a 30 my 33rd birthday i found him but so you just like what you like right yeah because for me i had the pressure i think of i grew up in a two-parent household and they knew each other back in haiti my yeah. parents are from haiti they knew each other as kids and they were uh, married up until my mom passed in May, like 47 years. So in the time that I started to date, because I wasn't allowed to date in the house under their, you know, their supervision, which I actually wished I had, because I think I could have gone to them for more advice. Like, is this normal? Is this what I should be hearing from my boyfriend? Is this okay? Right. Because I had this pressure of having that that relationship the one that would last forever so when i would get into a relationship with someone that wasn't well i didn't know if they were great for me or not if we had like little issues i just said oh well you're supposed to work through these and get married and at 24 and have the kids soon after so i had this picture in my head that it probably should happen around that time yeah how did so for you you didn't really have that type of uh pressure you know what it's funny it's funny that you say that because you're for you you this is what i say you don't know until after Mm -hmm. so for you to think like oh you have these problems and you're supposed to work through them Mm -hmm. whereas i would be like we have these problems i gotta go (laughs) you know so it and i didn't and i said this lovely wonderful marriage I went upstairs. <laughs> this wonderful marriage. This is my second. The first one was like that. And and when I look, I was married when I was 20. Um, and we were kids and nothing. He was a great, great, great guy. Um, and that we actually probably have the foundations for like a great relationship, like long lasting marriage. But it was dumb stuff that we didn't know. Like, this is not an issue, you right. know, but you're making it an issue. But there wasn't that 
that, that, that watching somebody work through the, a problem and stick with it, mm-hmm. like no matter how bad it is. So it's funny that you say that because it, that makes a, a big difference. So that is something that now as more of an adult that you just kind of have to take it upon yourself. Like, like not, that's what you learn, but that's what you want. Like, this is a person you want. And if you don't want them to leave, you know, or, or you just want to keep the family, like everything cohesive, you have to work through it. Yeah. So those, it's, I've learned more things on my own than I have like within my family. Yeah. The reason I asked the family question is I think when we're dealing or the stigma, because this season of new mommy at 40 is exploring, excuse me, exploring, um, how we got here in terms of having kids in this stage of life and how sometimes the disappointment that we feel is based on a picture that we had of what should be and what could have happened prior to our 40s. So some people Uh, don't have the pressure of that because they never even thought about it. It's just like, look, I've been having a bomb life and I didn't have time for kids. And I do now, so I'm going to have them versus, oh, wow, like, here comes the 20s. I should have a kid now. Oh, that ship sailed. I think sometimes that shapes our expectations, you know, how that influences you, the expectation you have of when that would happen. Um, So kind of navigating on your own how to get through this this marriage. uh, Mm -hmm. And then it was gone. It was done. <laughs> navigated away. <Bye>. Navigated away. <laughs> <Yeah>. Recalculating. <laughs> so now you're yeah, living single. But... You're just living. How was that? Yeah. What was wild? <laughs> that was <laughs> mm, family show. No, that was. <laughs> it was. It still was hard because it was the same thing. Like uh, I just. I didn't have it in me or like the skills, you know, to, to work through problems. And then from a lot of things that like happened from when I was very, very young, like, you know, you, you carry like the trauma with you. And then for so long, I was just very hostile, you Mm -hmm. know, just like you couldn't tell me anything and like within the relationship or without the relationship. So it's really like, late twenties and early thirties is when you just really start to figure out like who you are mm-hmm. and you know, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. That's key. And, Cause you have no consequence. We think there's, there's like, there's just no consequences for anything that you do. You just don't see them. Like how your actions affect others. Like you don't, well, I just learned that later. Like I probably, you know, like if I said something or did something or flipped a table right. or cut or cut somebody, <laughs> like, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> what are the consequences to these actions? Right. And you find out when you wake up in a jumpsuit. Right. On oh, a two inch cot. You know. It was so, just a two inch cot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know these other two's names. Man Peanut up. Peanut butter with no sugar. <laughs> yeah. So you, you learn things the hard way. Yeah. Which it'd be nice to not have that. Um, and also through through any time I like my significant other, their parents, I tended to date people whose parents had been together forever, like first marriage, you know, several kids. 
And then you just kind of see that. Then like same thing, like my family is very small. Like I have a half brother and a half sister, but they're my brother and sister. But they came way later, like way later. Like I'm 14 years older than my brother and 21 years older than my sister. So really like holidays and stuff like that. I would spend with the other person, but then you would get that family feel, mm -hmm. you know, like having a big family and, and just how fun it was, just like all the dynamics of personalities. So that probably it was something that, that I later was like, you know, I, I want that, like that warmth, you know? So did that, do you think that prepared you a little bit in terms of um, the, the age? Cause that's a big gap between you and your siblings. Did that at well, all? No, I always was like, well, you know what? You know how you don't realize like how old your parents are until you're that age and then you're like, Oh my god, I was that age. You right. know, like she's this age when she had her. Not at all, because my mom is real little, you know, and in, in, in Asian. So you can't there's no real marker for how old you are. But it just I always thought I was gonna have kids before before thirty. Right. You know, just because that's what you do. And then when you're young, you always imagine people over 30 are already in wheelchairs. You're like, oh, they're so old. <laughs> but you know, you know like, what shapes no. that too? I've been watching all these TV shows with my daughter. And um, not all, but like these cartoons. And then the way that kids talk about a person who's 40, like even how they're <laughs> depicted is like, do I look like that? Wait, why, why does she look so old? It, it, you know, it's like, so the, it doesn't even match how I see myself sometimes. Yes, even. not at all. <laughs> until the kid tells you that, you know, until you're mammed. Yeah, and, and you're, you're mammed like, for the Dang first time. it, you know. But I, oh, oh, you have to mark that box yeah. that's like, because oh, it's not, like, you can, or you can no longer be on the real world because you've aged out. <laughs> you know, so you're like, oh, got it. Dream, dream deferred. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But no, I, yeah, I get what you're like saying because, you know, my mom had me at 24. So that I remember hitting 24 and going, oh, no, yeah. I don't think that's anywhere in sight. And I was <laughs> right. And I was with someone for a long time because that was an 11 year relationship I was in from the time that I was, I think, 19. Oh my God. Yeah, 19. I married that person at 27 and for all that time we could have probably wow. had a kid but we didn't I was really focused on getting done with school and he wanted and he there was a nine-year difference too in our ages so he really wanted me to focus on my career and all that stuff too he was really good. great about that and then when we actually thought oh we could probably start having a family now everything else about our relationship was just going down the drain in a yeah. way and great guy we're you know we're friendly now but at the time it just wasn't the right time and then i was in another yeah, relationship for 10 well no for eight years where that wasn't really an option either so i i remember though hitting those mild those um milestones those markers and going wow this is this is going to happen later if at all you know yeah. what I mean? So now you, for you, you are now married to the amazing Billy, who I've always liked from day one that I met him. But you guys kind of had like a... Oh, did I? I don't know. You had a, like a <laughs> like a part two, I think. It's like you, you met. We did. You had a relationship and there was, there was a sequel. 
that <laughs> right <laughs> sequel. an unexpected sequel yes so where did you guys meet um we met <laughs> we met at st patty's uh it was after the parade and it was there was a lot of alcohol influence but there was a bunch of firemen a bunch of flight attendants that day and it just was like everybody just matched and it was such a good day we were from the, the time i met him we had been talking probably about two o'clock in the afternoon until like two o'clock the next day oh wow <laughs> so, yeah no but he just was awesome it was just like he like like the energy it was it's like me you know i want to say like check all the boxes but when you first meet someone you think they check all the boxes at the time he was also in the navy so the year we met he went away for a year he went to mm-hmm. war for a year um we just stopped talking and i was thinking like okay i guess i guess we're done <laughs> and then and i started dating someone else after that and i remember like valentine's day that next year he like sent me something and whatnot and i was like oh damn do i have two boyfriends <laughs> it's just like so confusing i'm like dude i haven't heard from you in so long how you just acting like you just together? pop up from nowhere right i remember one time he had his friend email me like like billy's still thinking about you and this i was like so he could tell you but he couldn't tell me <laughs> then uh off on off on and then at that point so I met him when I was 32, so already there's you the know, your biological clock is going. Because right. I was good with not having kids. And then legit, just one day was like, bam, like, I want kids. But he was great, like, perfect. But it just wasn't going anywhere. You know, it just was here. Plateaued. And then, yeah, and I just kind of was like, you know, are we going to get married or do you want to have kids? He already had a, a daughter. When I met her, she was six. So when I, the year I met him, she was six. So he obviously wasn't in like a rush, you know. It, it meant nothing to him. Whereas me, I mean, you know, as a as a woman, like you only have a short window. Well, especially if you start in your thirties, but your window shuts, you know, yeah. like at a certain age, and it's kind of like unfair to put that on someone else. But I had already, I'd known like this is the guy. But at, off and on, off and on, and at some point, I was, just, you know, like you are the person I, I want to do this with. But if you're not, you're not in it, like for that, it's like, I can't, I can't just sit around, you know, right. I, I can't, cause I'll resent, I'll, res- I'll end up resenting you for this. So we broke up for a while and I like, he hit me, he hit me up and was like, I want to ask you something or I want to talk to you about something. And I was thinking, oh, he's going to ask me for like a pass for yeah, a flight yeah, or something knows, like and he's going to. The worst yeah. thing you can do is ask a flight attendant for buddy passes. Just FYI, if anyone's listening. Yeah, unless. <laughs> Like we're related or we have a something. Right, Don't just hit something. me up out of the booth. So I figured that's what it was. And he's like, no, no, it's not that. I just want to talk to you. But for three days, I was like, and it better not be some, it was me, not you, you know, <laughs> kind of thing or some pity. I go, I don't want to hear it. And like for three days, he's like, it's not that. And then I refused to, to see him face to face because I just know, you know, I was like, Bleh. so he's really handsome. But you didn't want to so be broken down. Before I he- did not. Don't. I didn't. <laughs> I made him send me an email. <laughs> Whoops. And then so it was, he's like, uh, okay. He sent me like, it was like five o'clock in the morning. I was on my way to work and he sent me like the longest, Aww. I'm kidding. The longest, the longest email. 
Yeah, he just got in a relationship right after us and was living with her. You're like, get to the part young. where you, I'm the love of right. your life. <laughs> it was just not even that. I was like, ask for the damn path. Right. You know, it's like, I was just, what is it? But then at the end, at like later, he was like, I'm only telling you this because, it's, you know, I've been thinking about family and, and you know, when I'm, when I'm at the firehouse and everyone's talking about their wives and their kids, he's like, I want that. And he's like, but I realized he's like, I want that with you. Mm. And I was just like, I'm just reading it like words, you know, and then he's in there and then he's like, I can't go on without having asked Tangie, will you marry me? And I was like, okay, you can't. Yeah, I know. And But I was reading it like, oh, okay. But I read it as words, not like a proposal. And the next line was like, uh, this is really a proposal. He's like, this is an actual proposal. He's like, I don't want to do it on email, but he gave me no choice. And then the rest was like. You took away your proposal without even knowing. I sure did. Oh. I just shot it right in the kneecap. <laughs> but it still was sweet. And he still, sweet. you know, I did a whole bunch of like, well, I'm not saying yes. But if I did, you know, like this has to do If this. I would then, say yes. So, but did you, yes. did you do that? Did, did you, you do that? You can't do this anymore. <laughs> here are my, here are my rules. But did you do that in email or did you or scroll? No. Oh my God. No. So I was working for two days and I just remember I just was ruining all the orders and I was just like, oh my God. People were like, I didn't order this. I'm like, it's okay. You'll like it. Just, just eat it. You know, I, just, I have a proposal then, in my head. <laughs> I like, you have no idea what's going on. God. But then I told him, I was like, I had no idea. This is what you were going to say. I think like, when I land, meet me at eight o'clock, like neutral space, public in between. I forgot about this part. So he met me, he was explaining this whole thing to me. And he, um, you know what? He's like, I'm going to be right back. So he leaves, we're in a bar and he leaves and he comes back with his Bose speaker. So he does the scene from say anything Aww. where he plays in your eyes he put this song on because he knows i love that movie and obviously i love that song he sat there in the bar with it over his head for the whole song and i'm just like if you don't put that if you don't if you don't put it away right now he's like nope i kept reaching for it and he's like no no and he just sat there Aww. stuff like that is like why i was like all right and then we were married. Oh, <laughs> that is the most, I did not know that story. That is so beautiful. <laughs> but it's so him. No, but it that's, is. that's, that's the guy. That's your guy. You knew. I know. That's beautiful. Know. You deserve that I though. Know. So now here comes baby. So you, you guys get married and did you try right away? Yeah, we tried before. And he and that was the thing. He's like, I know I told you this. He goes, but he's like, he said, if it was up to me, you'd be half-baked with a seed right now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that was part of the proposal. <laughs> so, like, okay. So we did start trying right away. Again, I was maybe 39, I think, okay. when we got married. And it just was not happening. Um, so we tried for six months. And then you know you're in that age bracket where six months is like dog years mm -hmm. you've tried forever so then you had to see a for a for, um fertility, fertility specialist mm -hmm. so you know taking meds and then this and then that wasn't working and then we did you know like insemination and that didn't work so then we did we had to go into ivf which in itself is a <laughs> test on marriage but yeah. it's just you know you're just like and then at the end of this, it's like when you can't get pregnant, 
everyone around you is getting pregnant. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Because for me, yeah. I had um, miscarriages prior to uh, my daughter, Karee, now. And I remember just walking around and going, wow. That's another pregnant belly. That's another mm-hmm. pregnant belly. That's another pregnant belly. It's it's hard. I mean, because you, obviously you're happy for them, but the yeah. the human response is, why can't that happen for me? It seems to happen right. so easily for other people. You yeah, know? and 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 then and a lot of them are like my age. Yeah, and I was like, oh, so you just did this like naturally, like it, yeah. And most of them was like. It was a drunk night and so-and-so. Like, oops, I'm pregnant. Oh, I yeah. got pregnant. Yeah, and there are some oh, really fertile you. people out there. <laughs> like, oh, so it's easy. a great story. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, that was, I just remember that it was just like the hardest, some of the hardest times of like my life or just kind of like, you just felt like, like, well, what are you good for if you can't do this? Like, this, you know, I just, it just, it sucked so bad. Um and and then it was, you know, we had, like, my body wasn't producing, you know, like, egg follicles, like, it should be. And it was just, like, you know, you did, you made an embryo, but it's abnormal. Right. And then, or you, you don't have enough to even do this round. And so it took, it took about probably six months for us to even have, like, viable embryo. And let's break that down for people who are listening, who are probably in the process. When you say six months, how many rounds of IVF did you do? So that was what our insurance requires um, three rounds of insemination first. And with that, it's not just like boom, 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 you know, because you're, you're, you're taking hormones and it has to be, you know, timed around your your menstrual cycle which it's so hard to schedule around Mm -hmm. because you don't know exactly when it's going to come and so it's not just like one month one month and another you know you kind of have to take like a break there and then you have a you have this overdrill shot that you have to take in a 15 minute window it is and it's insane it's i remember being on a cruise and having like, you know, you had to ask for a fridge and I had it in there like a timer on that day. And I was like, I gotta go. And I was like, boink, you know, there's times I've had to take those shots like on the plane, like, and it's like turbulent and you're in the bathroom, just like, please don't stab, you know, my back. And so when that's done, now you move into in vitro, which is even more scientific and just like, you have to go in like every, it, it, it's, you know, your, 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 your cycle starts when your menstrual cycle happens mm-hmm. and then it's like, well, you come in on this day and then you're depending on what that test is, you're going to come in another two or three days after. And so you cannot plan for that because mm-hmm. the starting day is this, and it's like based on daily this monitoring when you have to come in everything. And it's like, huh? And then, so, so, you know, the, the goal is during that is, is whatever hormones you're taking, you know, it's going to just, you know, your, your ovaries are going to produce as many egg follicles as possible. And then there's going to be a harvest day. And then they're going to just pick traditional bad boys. And then, uh, you know, depending on if you're going to do um, like chromosome testing or like any testing for genetic diseases, we didn't have to because they test you before. If you're a carrier of any genetic diseases, then they will test it, but we weren't. So they didn't have to test it for that. But we did do the chromosome one. 
Um, so yeah, the first, the first time I did that, like my body made one follicle and everybody else was making all, we did like 20 something. I'm like, I got one, one. And so that's not enough to do an in vitro round. So that one was just, but you're like, great. Now you got to wait another cycle and then the next cycle start. So the next one we did, I think I made four follicles and then um, only two of them were fertilized and only one made it to like do the testing on the sixth day and it was abnormal. So we're like, she's like, you would, you would have either miscarried or not gotten pregnant. So I was like, you know, okay. So then the next, you know, she was so good. She changed up my, my hormones. So next one, I think I had 11 follicles. Okay. Um, I think four were fertilized but then only two made it to that sixth day. And I was just like, what are, where, what are the chances? But they were both normal and they were both girls. So that, and that was already, God, we had been trying. We were, I actually think it was a whole year of trying because we started trying before we were married. So anyway, so I put one in. How did you handle that? Uh, not to interrupt you, but emotionally, no. where were you there? Where were you in this? How um, how was this so depressed. to take these news? This news so depressed. And before that, before he and I had gotten back together, I was already like at like a depressed state, like just up and downs, up and downs with that and stuff with work. So I had already been on antidepressants, which you cannot take. While you're Why trying you to get pregnant. Yeah. So it's just like, just very, uh, just a whole lot of Eeyore. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're starting at like zero, right? Because that's yeah. a lot. And now it's not only, it's not only whatever you were depressed about before. It's just like, now I'm depressed and like, my body sucks. Yeah. You know, like, and I can't hormonal. do the basic woman function. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, But going back everything. to, I didn't mean, that, that's key what you just no, said. No, no. I'm the fact that I can't do what I'm supposed to do, quote unquote, the pressure. Yeah. And it's just like, it just was, and again, while you're watching everyone else do it. Right. Um, But you got her. But I did. I got her. I only put one in because I was thinking, you know, if my oven's overcooking or something, I don't want to ruin both of them. So I just put one in. And it was like, it everything happened the way it should it was the easiest pregnancy it just was like everything was good about it so you know I just it was that's how it was supposed to be and you know and what's her name tell them Ilani Ilani and how old is she now yes four she just turned four in October wow you know and yeah. the reason why um when why I think it's important to talk about the journey to baby especially through IVF is that there's this feeling of um, a lot of older moms that I've met that have gone the same route of, man, not only was I older when I started this journey, I went through lots of money and time and emotion to go about having this child in this way with IVF. And then the guilt that you feel when you all of a sudden realize that it's not all rainbows and unicorns, <laughs> right? Because you're That's like, why I start asking for a refund. Yeah. Yeah. When you're like, 
Like, where and, do I get a refund? <laughs> yeah, and that was one of the quotes I, you know, um, I, I posted it actually um, on the page uh, without your name at the time because I wanted them to hear it from you because I thought that was such a good um, way of putting it of I I just can I just a re, like exchange maybe I don't I don't want to do this I think again that's yeah. an example as to why I find you just so refreshing is that it's very <laughs> difficult to admit that and yeah. and it's not that you love your kid any less I'm sure you love oh, her yeah. very much she's your world look, I paid for her yeah and look and you <laughs> very you did you went through yeah. so much to get her yeah looking at the path of even having your your this wonderful man in your life and and um wanting that relationship to work and seeing this future with him and going through all of this to get her here of yeah. course you love her but that yeah. all of that does not make every day about unicorns and rainbows and and no. that everything is perfect it's hard it's hard work and it's super, very hard so how do you how was coming down from the high like when did that happen like you have this high of we're pregnant going through this easy pregnancy here she is in my arms what was that first night like it legit day one is when it's over because you're just so cute and pregnant. Everybody loves pregnant people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about anything because she's fed and watered in your stomach. You've got two hands to do whatever you want, whenever and whenever you sleep, whatever you want. And it's just day one. It's just like your life ends day one. And your life as someone else's uh whole life, life so you're just now yeah. yeah you are just now for that person you exist for that person um and it was you know she actually she slept pretty good i had my i had my mom and my my mother-in-law and my aunt who's basically my second mom everybody was there billy was there the whole time everybody stayed with me um so they helped me but <laughs> it's funny you think they're gonna help but them old ladies forgot how to do it. <laughs> oh, so they were like, she, you know, the diaper sliding up and they're like, ah, ah. and I'm just like, why are you here? <laughs> so, but don't, that's okay. another thing too, that I found is that, yeah. well, for me and when, um, Korea was born was January, uh, 2020. So at the height of lockdown oh. with the pandemic. Yes. So there was no help. No one could come down. My parents didn't even meet her until October. So we were pretty oh much God, in this yeah. isolated state raising her. Um, but my husband has two kids who are 21 and 20 and same age. And even for him, I was looking at him going, well, at least have I have this expert that is with me. And yes, there were some things that he could definitely pull from his experience of being a parent 20 years ago. But for Mm -hmm. him, it was like brand new too, to a degree. So the thing about I found, and I've heard from other people who had kids later is that your team, your tribe, your parents are, they also don't have the same energy that you do to help you. Right. Cause grandma is much older now. It's like Tangi. I've been, I, you know, and I don't know about you, but I had a grandmother who was like years, every decade was, when are you going to have this kid drop this kid up in my lap? I will take care. I will help you. And as I saw her aging, I was just like, 
there goes another person in my support team that yeah. will not be able to help me with this kid, you know? I am the worst. Yeah. Yeah, no, they just, they, oh, bless them. But they were just so good about like, here, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> so, and that's really, I mean, I will take it. But I, it, you know what? What's um, uh, very hard, which you don't imagine is going to be hard, was breastfeeding because everyone is just so like, and it, which is true. Like, it is the best thing for the baby. You know, you got, you do it, and you just, you know, you're if if you're bitch, if you're doing it right, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, right. You know oh my god, if I could find all those people, <laughs> round them up, and so the guilt that I felt because it was not working. And you know, when they tell you like, she's going to lose weight, but she let, you know, lost a whole pound and like, okay, well, we're going to have to start pumping and this and that. I mean, you're like, no, I can do it. I can do it. Like I've watched all the videos. I've read all the books and stuff. And it's just like, when it doesn't work, you uh, once again, feel like I cannot do this other thing that my body There's is built one more to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I suck at this also. And I just remember bawling, like just bawling. And I I hated it because people were like, you, you just, you got to keep doing it. And like, I don't got to do anything. Like my nipples are just chapped mm -hmm. beyond belief. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just, just walking around. I can't put a shirt on because nothing, every single thing, it, it just nothing. It, and it really was. It just wasn't our time. We weren't vibing, you know, like later on. And I tell this to people all the time, whether they want to hear it or not. I was like, if you can't, if you can't breastfeed right out the gate, don't worry about it. You know, and, and I remember pumping and then, then pumping like just 24 hours a day pumping, which is like, okay, you pump. And after you're sitting there pumping, you feed her. And after that, you clean everything. And then you put it away and then you can sleep maybe half hour, 45 minutes before you have to get up and pump again. And it was like miserable, yeah. miserable, miserable. If postpartum, that was my height of postpartum was that. And um, now what, how did you identify? Because for me, I had definitely anxiety throughout the whole pregnancy, especially oh. starting with miscarriages um, prior. <laughs> I just and the age and being a black woman yeah. and hearing about mortality rates and, you know, going through pregnancy. I just, so I had, I definitely felt like I had anxiety, a lot of anxiety. I still kind of deal yeah. with that sometimes from time to time when it comes to being a parent. But how did you recognize that this is postpartum depression? Did you well, see I did, someone? I just did it. Yeah. I, 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 again, looking back, I just thought I sucked. I just thought I just suck. You know, I just came out being like, I'm going to be the best. I've, I'm, I'm so prepared for this. And I'm older, I just, have all this wisdom. Yes. I know all the stuff. And I just <laughs> I know everything. Sucked. Yeah. But it was like, uh, you just have to accept it at some point. And I was like, okay, I still can feed her. You know, my body still produces milk. It's just not, you know, directly. And I, and, uh, Oh, I swear it was her name, Patricia, this God sent lactation consultant um, and went to see her in Brooklyn. Uh, at, it's It was wild with mama, but it's something else now. Anyway, this woman, seriously, like, she's like, just do this. And I'm like, what? You know, and then I'm like, 
I remember crying that day because I was just in the room and it was a whole circle. It was very tribal, which I loved it because you could hear everybody else's questions and you're like, oh my God, we all suck. It's not just me, you know? And then uh, from from that day on, I was breastfeeding Ailani, like didn't care, carry any pumps, didn't care anything. And just was like, and to me, and she's like, she's a little tongue tied, but I feel really bad about just like, I don't know, cutting it. Cause like, yeah. am I making my life easier by cutting her? Like, I just feel like I'm circumcising her where she doesn't be <laughs> circumcised. But really, I feel, I feel like her mouth just needed to get a little bit bigger, you know, before she can, you Lash. know, and then you just learn like how to hamburger your, your boobs. So like angles like back in there. And it just was like, man, like it just, that was, that life got so much easier after that. It's Just amazing like, when you find the right resources <clears throat> and, but yes, to ask for help, yes. that's the thing is like a lot yes. of us don't know yes. how to ask. And I find, you know, a lot of times I talk about, um, all the wisdom that we have when we're this age and having, um, children, but there's also a stubbornness, I think within some of us, yes. because we're like, I can do this. By I myself. can do this because I've done this or so much by myself all this time. Yeah. And yeah. then to realize, to feel the moment, I remember the moment I felt like I know so much and I know nothing was mm-hmm. literally those two ideas came together in having Karee. Like, I don't know everything, but I'm, I'm finding that there's some, there, there are some aspects of being older that are helping me with her right now yes. in terms of patience. I feel sometimes yes. I pick my battles very well. I'm like, this yeah. yes. is not going to be a thing for me. You broke yeah. all your crayons and it's all into the carpet. Well, I, you know, I'm not going to yeah. like that stain there, but it's not, you know, I feel no. like if I had, if that had happened when I was younger, I would have been like, oh my, the new carpet. Da, da, da. Not that it doesn't bother yeah. you. I just pick my battles just a little differently sure. I think, because of how, yes. where I am in my life now. And also, I don't have the energy to fight everything. Either. I was just gonna right? say that. And plus, it's like you just can't I, physically cannot. Yeah, I'm just tired, <laughs> so that's it, you know. But yeah, it, ter- yes. I wanted to go back to you knowing that you had postpartum um, depression, and then how did your journey of healing and working through that? How did that start? Um. Um, really, it's just, it's just like you said, like, not just picking your battles, but just like recognizing like what is a battle and what is not a battle. And it would be, you'd look around and you'd feel like, I'd be like, I have done, I know I've done something today. I've no, besides her, I know I've done stuff around the house, but there's no telling because you would clean the house, then it's a mess right away or clean the kitchen. And then it's a mess you know, right away. And it's just cause you're constantly, like I said, especially like, like with breast pump stuff, but just being, you know what? And at a certain point I was like, all right, if the house is a mess, the house is a mess. Like the baby is fed. She's, 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 she's taken care of. That's what I'm here for. Like for a good year, you know, like we'll just make sure this is, but I will say Billy, it is a phenomenal father. Like, and husband, but I, there, he, it got to a point where when the pumping cart was happening, I would pump, he would feed her while I slept, you know, and then 
we just got into a cycle and and mind you again he's a fireman like there's he works 24 hours you know he didn't sleep and he still would do it just because he would see me and be like you can't do this you know on your own and i just i remember thinking like thank god for that guy because he really lives to make my life easier and i see the things that he does but then it's just like you know diapers he's like i got it you know this i'll feed her i got it he would get to the point where he'd have breast milk in his pocket (laughs) like a pouch in his pocket and that's how he would warm it (laughs) he's like warming it in my pocket and then you know traveling like he i he's way better than i am but i think i think because he doesn't have that that stigma of being like the perfect mom and doing this this and wife at the same time he's just you know very like this is what's got to be done. And we're going to do it. And that's that, you know, <laughs> but he great. was helpful. Um, I had, I had joined, you know, like a, it was like a Facebook group for the neighborhood, like for the moms. We were in Bushwick at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was like Bushwick moms or something. And there were like meetups every now and then. And then you again, see like, <laughs> you think it's, that's just you. And you'd be like, Oh wow. You know, it's like, you're having the same problems or this and that. But, sometimes they'd piss me off too, but <laughs> like, oh, we're working on the house. I'm like, how do you have a house in Bushwick? You know, like, how do you, how did you afford that at the same time? But you're like, I digress. Just, I digress. I but. hate you. Oh, but yeah. Oh, well, your baby's not doing this yet. Huh? Um, <laughs> and then just, and, and just enjoying her. Like you got to the point where you're just doing so much, uh, you know, you want to do this and you want to do that and you want to do this. There's no time to enjoy her. So I just was like, you know, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to be with her, you know, breastfeed. I nap when she's like, I have a baby stains on my shirt. I'm going to nap whenever it's just like, it's just me and her and that's it. And it's just like everything else, you know, falls wayside. Like that helped a lot. Um, crying in the shower every day. That helps also. Uh, and that was that. And I remember it was after like the tail and no, no, I was going to say, I wanted to go back on like antidepressants, whichever, you know, like that I could possibly do with her, but I still was breastfeeding. So I just was like, Oh, you know, again, you're just worried about everything as an older mom. So it wasn't until, COVID during COVID was like, okay, this is like a dark spot, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just like, oh my it's God. And I remember then, yeah, I finally was like, I got to get back on it. Like I, the, I tried, you know, like the gym, like things like that. Um, no, I was like, I need, I need to be, I need to be medicated. So let's have it. Um, and finding, getting in touch with someone who like could see you, you know, cause nobody was taking anybody there. It was just horrible. Um, but that I finally had to get back on on medication. No, I mean um, it's just and a that lot. has I mean, helped. Yeah, be, yeah, I mean being a mom and mental health issues <laughs> and the in and our current state of the world, it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a so lot. it makes sense to at least at least reach out to someone to see if medication can be something that will help stabilize mm-hmm. stabilize you in the face of all the the things that you have to kind of sort through every day. Cause we yeah. work a lot of, I, I mean, you're not a stay at home, but because you're no. working, I'm stay at home and I feel like <clears throat> I'm still clocking in. I mean, some crazy hours. I Are think you I never clock in, out. 
I'm constantly clocked in. <laughs> There's no <laughs> and, clocking out. Yeah, and I remember feeling, you know, oh, as a stay-at-home mom, this will be – I didn't think it would be easy, but I felt like I'd have all this time to provide what I wanted to to my kid. Yes, but I didn't inc- account for the – the time during the day to replenish myself yes. in order to give that to her. That yes. part I didn't even factor in. And yeah. that in itself makes a 24-hour day feel like 36. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, and it was, you know, take someone to be like, you just, you have to do at least one thing for yourself every day, like whatever it is, you know, even if it's just like quiet, like 15 minutes of reading or, or, going for a walk you know and that too once you fall into the routine of it it's a lot easier and i would say that was about eight eight weeks like an eight week mark mm-hmm. where it was like breastfeeding was where it should be uh, we, we have a routine we're going to go on on a walk this day and i know she's going to sleep at this time and it was just that really really helps and then learning to wear her while i clean the mm-hmm. house you know it was just like man this makes it easy yeah now so, i can be productive because i think when so you f- that's yes because for you and i think you're the same type of personality is like we really are um we're people who really like to be productive and get things done yes. and and that's part I of our identity useful. yeah and does feel it does it feels yeah. like also a semblance of your old life right yes that and you're not trying to hold too, on to I, I went, I remember I took a year off. Uh, I took a year maternal leave, but I went back. I was like, I can't, I can't. I was like, I have to have adult conversations mm-hmm. um, and not always. And I would say this, the, what today I was like, I gotta go back. I remember holding groceries in my, in my arm like this and bouncing it. And I was like, this is my life. Like I automatically feel like weight in my arm and I'm doing this. So I was like, that I gotta go. So I remember, I, I think seven months. I think it was only out seven months and I was like, I'm coming back. And that was it. It was exactly that. Like having, you know, a, a piece of who I am other than I love being a mom, but that's, I have more to offer right. than just being a mom. Not only that and too, so that you've had a long work. time being someone else is like someone else prior to being a mom, being, old, yes. being an older mom, you had all, like, at least let's say from 20, right. To 40. So you've had 20 Uh years of a life that did not include anyone really but yourself Mm -hmm. and maybe an occasional partner or or not. And now it's like there's another human being. So sometimes I find I've found it. It's like letting go of those 20 years of what who I was. And, you know, I've had a long time to kind of get to know and love who Victoria was prior to having a kid. It took me a long time to even get yeah. to that point of fully being in my skin. And then, yay, I've arrived. Oh, and now it's not even about me. It's about someone else. Yes, and it is right? that you you asked for it. Right. It's this, like all of that. I kept thinking like she did not. You know what? There, a pilot said this to me like this, last year. And he was like, you're talking about having kids. He's like, you realize it's like the most selfish thing you, you've you've done. And then I was like, why do you say that? Like being a parent, he's like, they didn't ask for this. He's like, you can't, you know, when you're saying like, I did this and this for you. And he's like, no, you didn't. And he's like, they didn't ask for this. And he's like, you did. He's like, we decided to make this life, you know? And I was like, you didn't have to. And I was like, oh my God, like 
it was just so true. And it's like, so I'm not doing this for her. I'm, do, I'm doing this because this is what I wanted to do. And then I kind of was just like, so let's just do it. Like, this is what we signed up for. Right. You know, we didn't know, but it's like, I'm here. It was I'm like here. a marriage, yeah. you know, like until death do us part. It's like, you know, you're just going to rock the whole thing. So I was like, let's do it. But I, 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 I remember that, like, it's, it's not her, it's me. This is what we're going to, this is what we're going to do. We just have to do it to the best of our ability, but that's who you are now. It's like, I'm not, you know, awesome Tange doing all this like single. It's like, okay, this is the day where you start, you know, Tangie as me and a mom. And how does, how do you blend the two, you know, mm -hmm. mom, wife, whatever I'm doing at work. Is there anything so, that you wish you had known? I want to say I wish I knew how hard it was going to be. Everyone tells you that, but until you actually experience it yourself, you just don't know. You have no idea. You learn it's, on it's it's all hands on. Yes, it's exactly. All on. That's why it's like it's like there's nothing you you those things you learn as you go. Um, like that, even how we have that great group, you know, for the mm -hmm. moms at work. And I think that also another godsend, Patricia, the lactation consultant, and that group. So what, like, what she's talking about, they're a group of moms that put together a group on Facebook where you can ask like any question. It's like having a tribe. As far as, yeah, because that's all hands on because you don't know what you need help with until you need help with it. But if, if, for beforehand, if there's anything like I wish that I would have known, I think I wish that I would have known ahead of time that it was okay to quote unquote fail, you know, or to suck. It's okay. You know, it's just like you will, <clears throat> you'll find what works for you. And it's like, it's not that you're not a good mom. It's like this one tactic doesn't work. Try this. You know, it's the same thing with breastfeeding. If breastfeeding is not going right for you, do something else. You know, it's just feed the baby. That's what they always do. The first thing in breastfeeding is make sure the baby's fed. It's like, and then all the other guilt. But mm -hmm. stuff like that, if she's not sleeping at this time, or if, if you know, she keeps pooping all over your walls because you're just not catching it in time. <laughs> That's okay. Just clean, okay. you know. Change your diaper. I'll paint clean the, the baby. You know, it's like, you know, and, I, and it's that there's not one size fits all for motherhood, which, you know, you just think like, what is, this is the best thing for the baby. This is what I have to do. And if I can't do this, like, I'm no good. And it's just not that at all. It's just do your own thing. Do you know, whatever thing. works for you works for you. And again, it's that it's like, you cannot you can't be there for this baby if you're just not there for yourself. You know, you cannot provide for her if you can't provide for yourself. If you're not whole, you cannot. It's okay. It's okay to suck. It's okay to suck. It's okay That's, to suck. Yes. I just not base my whole life around that kid. <laughs> no, because you're a person first. Yeah, it's like I am. In doing research for our talk, I found that there were a lot more of a lot more younger moms talking about postpartum depression on their social media feeds as opposed to older moms. Do you think that that's, that comes 
from some type of embarrassment or hesitancy to talk about them being postpartum because of their age as if you should just be lucky you have a kid and not complain? I don't I don't know, but one of the hardest parts about this whole thing is social media, right? Mm-hmm. Because part of it is that you're looking at other people and you're like, oh, this person's so awesome. Look at this person is in Belize or Mexico with their baby and they, you know, they're, they're skinny again. And it's like, don't look at it. Don't look at it. Just, you know, it's, it's like, I think for number one, what I would say to anybody when they're doing, talking about postpartum or before they even have a baby, stay off social media unless it's directly related. Like, you know, like that mom group, don't scroll. Because everybody's just posting like... They're posting the rainbows. The key, right. And it's so not true. It's just not true. No matter how much you think they're they're killing it. They're killing themselves. So one, stay off of social media. Um, but do you got to talk? You know, just, just talking to someone. I think maybe... I don't know. I feel like women I have spoken to are just very candid about postpartum. You know, or or what they're going through, but not really recognizing that it's postpartum. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just thinking you're just having a hard time. It's like, no, that's a thing. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just you have to talk to someone about it. If not other moms, then then um, a professional. You know, and you might not have to be medicated. It just you know your diet. There's so many things you could you could solve by changing up your diet that you have no clue about. The nutritionists. <laughs> And a therapist, and stay off social media. And stay off social media. Mm-hmm. I just don't, and not compare yourself. If you or someone you know is dealing with postpartum depression and would like some help, a great resource is Postpartum Support International. Their mission is to promote awareness, prevention, and treatment of mental health issues related to childbearing in every country worldwide. For more information, visit postpartum.net or call their hotline at 1-800-944-4773. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to hit that subscribe, follow button right where you are so you don't miss the next episode. See you next time.